So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, The Big Kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Today's show is going to be really neat. We're actually having a return guest that I want to say we had it really early on a couple years ago when I first started doing the podcast. And we're going to just going to check back in on him and what he's done in the last two years because it's pretty cool. So my next guest, Sterling White, he has over $26 million in assets currently that he owns, over 600 units. He's raised $11.5 million. Um, he contributes a lot to on bigger pockets, but he really has an amazing background story too. So welcome to the show, brother. Awesome. And welcome back to the show. You will not want to miss this. There's going to be absolute bombs and golden gems that are dropped. <laughs> That's what it's all about, baby. <laughs> so listen, um, before we started kind of the show, we we're talking about your backstory and kind of and where you came from. And I just truly believe, I mean, you've got an amazing story. Just just share it for us, man. Yeah, so I had humble beginnings, as uh, most would say. I, I grew up in Section 8 housing, government assistance, food stamps, and I'm sure any type of uh, other assistance my mother then tell uh, broke my brother and I about. So it's just my brother, my mother, who was a single mother, dad wasn't around uh, whatsoever. So anything above and beyond just the standard living, I the clothes, the shoes, all that stuff. I had to figure out how to earn money. In that environment, there was tons of illegal activity that was going around, but I didn't uh, get associated with that. My very first product, and this is where the entrepreneurship spirit came into existence. First product was uh, Kool-Aid. So I would take the Kool-Aid, sell it to kids throughout the school, and then Pokemon cards. And then through that is, that's when I was able to transition. Well, fast forward all the way and how I got started in real estate is 2009, where things were not going so well on the, the construction side, and then shifted to finding a mentor. That's when I fell in love with real estate, but not getting my hands dirty. It wasn't when you were doing Pokemon? No, not at all. Man, you, I love, you ever watch that video with the Pokemon video? You got the Pokemon, you want to level up? Uh, oh, are you, the Pokemon Go? Is that Yes. That? Yeah, the guy's like, hey, man, what you want? I level you up. I got what you need. You trying to get that next level? Yeah, I'm doing that Pokemon. <laughs> and so through that is I was able to find a mentor who this is where I found my very first uh, deal, which was a single family house. I had no credit uh, whatsoever. Oh, when you would pull my credit, it wouldn't even register. It wouldn't even come up. And wow. then on top of that, I had negative funds in my bank account. However, I did not use that as a crutch. I found someone who I could compliment their weaknesses uh, with my strengths. Their weakness was they didn't have the ability to find deals. And that's how I was able, uh, I, 
I bridged the gap with solving their problem and they solved my problem and then was able to get up to 150 single families and then transition to multifamily entirely in 2017. You took tenacity. You took and said, here's what I got, right? Which is a lot of, I got a lot of will and I want to get out, right? I'm ready to, I want to, I want to make it, right? Exactly. And then you said, you looked at your bank account, you're like, who don't got no money, <laughs> right? No credit. No. I actually had negative Check. funds in my bank account because I don't through it. <laughs> MasterCard, do you take Visa, right? Yet that didn't stop you, right? And when you just said it, right? And I, I want everybody to hear this, is you found someone that needed you. Exactly. And uh, at first they weren't willing to pay me. And I said, you don't even have to pay me. I'll work with you or work for you for completely free, whatever you need. Of course, within reason, nothing too crazy. Right. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that nobody does that anymore, Sterling. I agree. They should, right? They should. You were willing to take whatever just to get in the game, my friend. Keep going, dude. This is powerful. And that that went that was tenfold in terms of all the because I got thrown into the fire in terms of what needed to on that first single family house I got to, I had to figure out the leasing how to manage the transaction with the title company was taking in to incoming resident it was a lot but I learned so much and then I was able to apply that moving forward and then you repeated it exactly and you repeated it right and then you started getting better what about your confidence. That was slowly building, but surely. So as a, uh, as a kid there, I had some uh, through reading. So one thing that really helped me was one, cutting out all the friends that I had. Unfortunately, they were not going where I wanted to go. And then also feeding my mind positivity. So I was listening to the Earl Nightingales, the Tony Robbins and cutting out the news. That was a huge game changer for me. You just put your blinders on. Exactly. Said- yes. I'm going to do this. This is my chosen path, and I'm going to focus entirely 1,000% on what I want to achieve. And All in. Dude. <laughs> to the point where all of a sudden you look up and you got 150 single family. Is that what you said, right? 150. Uh-huh. Listen, by no small feat, that is amazing. Now, but that's just the beginning, right? Yeah, exactly. And that that's when it was cuz at well, that when you had that 150 what was your confidence like then? Now can move the the let's move the multifamily and the first deal was a 46 unit. So skip from single families right to a 46 unit and didn't even uh hesitate. It was more of how it could be done, not versus not looking at it as a barrier. Right. Because honestly, so I mean that's a long way from zero to hero because there's different levels of zero, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and here's the great news, too, is everybody starts somewhere, right? It doesn't matter where you start. It's only the matter of the way you play the game. And here's someone that's playing the game to win, folks. Let that sink in, because I think, what do you think, mindset-wise? 95%, 90 to 95% is just, I, I believe that so much. And what I've gained through all of those, listen to the Earl Nightingale, he was a huge influence, uh, lead to feel. I would listen to that CD so many times that it scratched. That's how many times I would listen to it. But that helped on the mindset is just looking at things as problems to be solved. And one thing I could have easily have used my background and my humble beginnings as a crutch. And unfortunately, 
unfortunately, my brother did take a not so good path in life. And I could have easily have taken that, but I decided, hey, this is another path that I can uh, go towards and I could be an example from those kids that are in that environment. Let me show them away. Exactly. Let me give them enough crumbs that they could follow my path without a doubt and see where I did, how I did it, right? Mm-hmm. And you did it, I mean, this you, you did it in a way, I mean, I, I love this story, by the way, man, because it shows the humility in how bad you wanted to get there, right? I, I don't think probably most people would understand how bad you really wanted to get there, but I think you wanted to get there really bad. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, yeah. I was fueled. That, it was fueled. And Almost that it, come- it would break most people like to tears to understand that level of commitment. Because that's yeah, what you did, dude. You don't get there by accident, right? Yeah. And this is another story in itself in my college days. I was at, And this was another pivotal point in my uh, life. But I'll give you the smart, spark note version that I was out on a, a canoe. And no, no, it was a, a boat. I don't know, a canoe or a boat or something. I was at a college party, had done some uh, drinking. This was in my early 20s. And there was this beam of light. I don't know what it was, some higher being, God, whatever you want to call it. But it, it asked me a question, Sterling, is this what you want to do with your life? So I was going a little bit into average land. But when that happened, that's when I took a complete different trajectory in life. So I believe that happens to some people, maybe at that level. But there's always that voice that wants you to do more. How old are you, brother? I just turned 28, October uh, 31st. Okay. So, and... I mean, dude, I, I'm first of all, I, I, I kind of remember the story, but like, I don't remember it like this. And, um, and first of all, I'm blown away because I, I truly believe, I mean, I didn't get the download from the mothership till I was 32. You know, I was in, and then it took me a long time, but, but the same tenacity though, I feel mm-hmm. like, and I feel like anybody that wants to be successful in this game has to have it. You got it. No doubt in my mind. I know I have it. And what is that it? It's I will never, ever quit. Don't you think? Exactly. You're, you're giving me cold chills right now. Right? It <laughs> Drop is. Their I mean, bombs. Because that's it. It's I will never quit. You will have to pull me out. And I will. I mean, I'm going to. There's no way. I'm not going to let it happen. It's that type of all in. I'm never going to quit. You will have to rip me from this. I'm going to succeed or else. I, I believe it's Will Smith that mentioned something about him and someone being on a treadmill. And he said that I, that person will not beat me because I will die on that treadmill. <laughs> I mean, but it, it sounds ridiculous, but it's not. If you look at major people, look at Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? <laughs> He's mm-hmm. same, same story, same different career, but same story. Same tenacity. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to do it, right? The Rock, same story, mm-hmm. right? This story manifests itself in so many professional people that I've seen that, that are trying to achieve not just the average, but the extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Continue, because we've still just got to the middle point where you decided you were going to go do multifamily, and you started with a 46. How did that feel when you first got it? 
that was definitely a confidence builder because this was another potential uh, barrier that some people look at. So it was going through brokers and it was not working in terms of they would send over deals. The numbers just wouldn't pencil out and it could have been, oh, well, just wait for a correction to happen. Uh, that's when potentially I'll be able to snag a deal. But no, I took a step back and said, hey, let me figure out how to buy these deals. Why not go direct to the owner and beat the brokers to the punch? So that was more of just mindset in looking at something as a problem to be solved and figuring it out. So ooh, this is going to get good because we're going to start going. <laughs> we're going to start going into figure because I got a feeling, and we've already talked about this. I already know, but I'm going to cue it up for it. <laughs> <laughs> so then you start realizing, hey, I've got a knack. I know how to market direct market to find the sellers of these multifamily properties. Exactly. All all starting with a cold call. People are a little like, calling a complete stranger. How could I do that? This is awesome. (laughs) Because isn't that what the brokers do? Yeah, that's exactly what they You're do. You're really just being a, the, doing the, what the broker would do. That's the job, right? What do brokers do? They call owners. Exactly. You're, you're really just doing this thing, except you're saying, hey, I'm the buyer. I am the guy that wants to buy. And that's guy. my pitch. That's it. <laughs> well, well, there's more that's in I it. know. Well, there's yeah. always more. We're going to get into the more here in a minute. But like, so you took that little concept right there and now own $26 million of assets. That is correct. Now, what does your family think about you now, bro? Uh, haven't fully grasped it, but I remember the most... So I just closed on 156 unit. This was about three weeks ago. And the most interesting thing is I used to, as a kid, visit this property and visit friends there. I would have never have thought that I'd be, I'm getting cold chills just thinking about it, getting all teary-eyed. But I also drove my mother through that too. And she's just like, wow, this is cool, son. But it was just one of those things like, oh, okay, that's a good job, son. It, it had to really sink in. <laughs> but you own, so you visited, you, you knew it as a kid and now you own it. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome, man. And, you know, uh, so here's what I know about parents, right? Um, And you probably know this, too. I've Um, got a (laughs) seven-year-old. Yeah. You know, so my mother-in-law is this way for me, right? She never, like, what is Kari doing, right? She's, my wife's Filipino, so she speaks in her Filipino accent. What is Kari doing? (laughs) He's crazy, you know? And, um, but she knows now. Because I give her casino money. Right? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Fair enough. And but it's really funny because um, most people don't. You know, your fan, when you're doing this journey, a they never see the work that you really put in, right? Because if we really talk about the work, it's a lot of work, right? Yeah, no vacations, working. Even when you're not work, not working, you're still working because your mind's just thinking of of how to do it, right? How to yeah, put things, exactly how to how solve to- problems. Yeah, how to make it that much more efficient, how to plug people into the system, all that. Yeah. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> it's a constant. And really, that's how we get better, too, right? And, and I got a feeling that you like to play the game. Oh, yeah, for sure. I get more of a uh, fulfillment through the actual work itself. That's how I get fulfilled. By get, I'm not so much interested in closing on the deal. I'm more interested in the journey to get the deal. Still, I get... I, I get excited about closing on the deal, but it's more of the work that gets into and leads to that point. All right. So let's go into some tactical here then. So 
when you're going and finding these tools, can you give my our audience some nuggets on how are you? What's your process to go find off market deals? So it's starting with going to a database and then pulling the list. Maybe you can get an agent to pull. So myself, I'll just give my criteria is apartments between 75 to 150 units in, let's say, the, the market Indianapolis, Indiana, that have rents between 600 to 900. So very niche and targeted. And from that, I'll hand it off to a researcher to then pull that list. And then second, I'll get a cold caller to th that's involved that places the calls and uh, does qualifying on the owner. One, are they motivated to sell? Not just interested in hearing uh, uh, open to an offer at the, the right the right price. Second is what the condition of the property is in and that they, they do the qualifying of those and then that's when they set the appointment with me. So you've got a setter, we'll call them a setter, right? Mm -hmm. And a researcher. So you have one a researcher goes and builds, finds Get your list and try to scrubs it. Yes, and exactly. Says, uh, hey, I think there's a, these are the most qualified candidates that look like meet your criteria. Mm -hmm. Let's go and direct. Are you doing direct mail? Cold call. Oh, so it's Primary. oh yes. So you're getting the list and then and actually getting the um, contact information. Can you give mm -hmm. us any resources there? Yeah. So I use what's the the main go to is uh, batch skip tracing is one. And if it's an LLC, this is where it gets more difficult. Uh, but there is americantracers.com. And that's a source that you can use to then skip or they, they do the skip tracing for you. Or you can just do a uh, go through your directory source that your ah, what is it? If it's filed in Indiana, there's a business search entity there, and then you can pull it, and then you can go to the articles of organizations. Okay, so you can see go find it. You either have a VA or someone like that says, "Hey, I'm gonna, I need you to go." That's kind of like your researcher. Like that's a. I'm assuming this is a VA, virtual assistant, that that's says, "Okay, correct. I'm gonna like." You can pull a list, call it list source or uh, Angie's list or whatever, right? Um, or CoStar. Well, CoStar super pricely, but pricey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you own CoStar? Uh, no, I do not. Yeah, I don't either, but I have brokers that do, right? Well, there you go. <laughs> so, and, and that's really what you were just saying. Hey, listen, if I can get a broker to call a list. Now, how do you get these brokers? you got to form relationships with them, but they'll do it if you ask them, right? Yeah, or somebody exactly. in your network will know or have it, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've actually thought about buying it just for internally for us, just for research, just for doing our comp sets, right? They've uh, got so much data. It really is a data machine, right? And but really, to 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 mine it like what you're doing is phenomenal, right? And then scrubbing that, and then taking that into this batch skip tracing or the American tracer, because you want basically you're saying I want phone numbers, exactly. Phone day, numbers, emails, and because the other part of that is it's not always it's probably more often than not not a person's name but a business. Yes, I would say the more you go up in the unit count the more likely it's a, a high probability that they won't have it in their personal name. But a lot of times, like I don't have things in my personal name, but if you finally got it and you got my, if you got my number, you're calling my cell phone, right? Yeah, exactly. And man, you know, and I don't normally answer like, but, but some people do. Right. And then, but I, like, I got an email yesterday from a guy. I have a property that I've not thought about selling, but, it just came in the right time, the right place. And he said, Hey, I work. F this is, I represent this group. We're buying. I don't know if he's a broker or not, but I sure gave him my T12 and a rent roll. <laughs> Let me know, right? Mm -hmm. 
that's essentially what you're doing is just going straight to the people, right? Yeah, and that's this awesome. is where the the real absolute, and I use the word game changer so many times because I feel like I've experienced these pivotal moments. And this all comes from just constantly learning different uh, industries, how they do things. So that infrastructure that I mentioned to you is I got from a book. For the longest time, I was doing all of that. And then right. I took us, I read this book and it was a guy. What's the name of the book? Uh, Predictable Revenue. That's the book. And it was a, a VP of sales in uh, Salesforce. And they have a very similar structure, but it's someone who does the researching for the people who would be interested in Salesforce, their, their platform, someone who sets the appointments. Uh, and then you have the person that's in my position that does the closing. So right. I just replicated that. And when someone's not interested, this is where the whole follow-up comes into play. Instead of just pounding them with uh, constant cold calls, I implement direct mail on top of that as well. Right. So you got a drip, you got a drip system, follow-up system that you make sure they, hey, we get, we're going to get back in touch with you no matter what. And then, exactly. So that's front of mind, front of mind. And then, you know, cause you never know without, they may not be ready today, but two months later, you never know, right? Like it's life. It happens. It's kind of the same scenario that they're doing in single family. You're just kind of reverse engineering using either, uh, you know, a list or actually using one of the best lists, which is CoStar because it's a lot cleaner and it probably already comes with a lot of the information that you need because I get calls all the time when I close a property, you get them too, from some researcher saying, hey, uh, we saw that you just closed this property. I'm like, how the hell you get my cell phone? <laughs> I agree. Yes. And, right? and they, I, yeah, they, they definitely try to dig. And one thing I wanted to mention with, and you hit the nail on the, the head with the, it comes down to timing. Because one thing that I also implement is I'll send the Rubik's Cube to an owner that has a small note that says, hey, let's figure this out. And that's one way to follow up. And then I'll also do another follow up and says, hey, just wanted to touch base. I happen to drive by your property. Were you able to solve that Rubik's Cube? And yeah. Oh, so you're not, you just said, hold on. You just hit them three ways. Yeah, exactly. You, you did phone call, <laughs> direct mail back to them with a raised envelope. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a ninja piece right there. Anything, when you have something in an envelope and it doesn't conform to the standard, that's, people are going to open that up, right? Exactly. And you got one of those <laughs> tiny little Rubik's Cubes. That's so cool. Where did you come up with that idea? I feel like I got it from somewhere, but I don't know. Right. Uh, so maybe I did make it Copy up. Copy your way know. to success, brother. But I want to give right? kudos to someone out there if I did happen. And another one is, a, I haven't done this yet, but a small shoe and send it, send it to an owner and says, hey, look at it, get my foot in the door. <laughs> <laughs> but humor works. Am I right? Yes, it does. And it's just staying top of mind because the worst thing you want to do is just steadily keep hitting the owner with the same pitch and then they'll just block you. But if you're being creative and being value-based, one thing that I've done too is some owners that are less sophisticated, I mentioned, hey, have you considered or have you heard of a 1031 exchange? Or uh, I see that your parking lot, you're looking for a vendor. Could I help you out with that? So just things like that. Oh, wow. Building a relationship. Yeah, just adding value, right? I mean, just really, and just saying, I'm here. I'm here if you're ready, right? Let me know. And so, I mean, how long do you think it's taken you to to really go from there, that 31st deal? Is that in the last two years? With Four. the 46th unit? Yeah. 20, uh, two and a half, two and a half years. So two and a half years from zero multifamily assets to over 26 million. That is correct. Oh, I would say well, that's pretty damn successful, bro. 
right? Well, now, it's all belief. It is belief, and it's all it's some work behind it. Some work behind it. True. Let's mm-hmm. not let's not you know it wasn't all easy, right? No. No uh, law of attraction and just thinking that or vision, which it does work when you have the vision. But as you alluded to, you have to put in the work as well. Yeah, it's yeah. And and really, it is about like trying just to make sure that you're doing all the right things, pushing it forward. Right. Um, So let's talk about this too. the transition from single family, multifamily. Where do you go? What's what's your what is Stewart's end goal? Sterling. I've been called Stuart before. (laughs) Sorry. Luckily, it wasn't Stanley. (laughs) We're Goldman. End goal, that is a great question. And I would just say my main purpose and my why is just to be an ideal for the individuals that came from the environment that I came from. And at some point, I would love to get into the development, so building ground up. Uh, but that's way further along the line. I'm just more focused on taking things a year by year basis and just giving back. What's a good uh, year look for Sterling? I would say this year the the goal was uh, 500 units and just ended up not hitting that by just over a hundred. So it was close, but that was that goal on the asset side. Yeah. So I always find everybody. Some people say uh, doors. Um, I tend to say deals now. Like I'm trying to do one or two to three deals, right? One deal at least, two deals. That, you know, two deals would be great. And then I don't even care what size they are, whether they're big or small, because for me, it's about just the journey, right? And I don't want to overstress myself. You know, I want I want slow, steady growth. But I always like to hear other people's with their growth patterns. But now let's go back. In, so I understand is what's your why at this point? Because like. You probably still don't have enough uh, assets to. I mean, you're you're going on the right track, but you're, you're like it's not you're not made made. Even people say, "Oh, 26 million. That doesn't mean you're making all the money in the not world, right? Agreed. But it means you've got a base, and then you do this another five years, and then it's a whole different level. Correct. Right? I would say I've got I'm just about there because I'm a minimalist. I yeah. I don't yeah. So it, it really doesn't take much for me to be financially free. Yeah. I could be financially free on less than thirty six thousand because I'm yeah. that just under yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're there now then. You yeah. would you say yeah, you're there, sure, right? Yeah, like my life, I'm good, right? So I find that once you get to that point um where everything's kind of squared away in your life. There's got to be a different why that drives you, right? Now you understand the education piece of it, right? And teaching and getting out and being a public figure and sharing the crumbs. But what I want to get at, like, tell me what drives you now? I would say it still goes back to that environment. I have a little bit of anger and a chip on my shoulder of... You want to show the world? I would say so. I I believe in that case because when I was growing up, I didn't... I didn't have the best of environment. I had just, unfortunately, my mother was telling me that I wasn't going to be anything. Teachers were telling me I wasn't going to be anything. And I, I still have that. That's a lot of the fuel. I, yeah. I know I shouldn't carry too much. No, anger, I, but listen, there, yeah. I have the fuel too. I have that fuel. That's my rocket fuel, a little bit of my rocket fuel too. I had a teacher tell me that, I, you know, I, went to, I would show up with them I want to be a baseball player, right? And they said, based on the odds, you'll never happen for you. Wow. And I was like, what do you mean, Right. And what, who are you to step on my dreams, right? And you don't know who I am. And uh, I find um, I was actually at a mastermind where they made me cry, right? Because 
they're like, Corey, why are you driving so hard? Because I'm a driver, man. Like, you're, you're a driver. I'm a mm-hmm. driver. And they're like, you've already won. You don't understand, Corey. You've already won. And, and they're making me say it and scream it, right? <laughs> because my <laughs> wife was sitting there crying because she's like, you work too much. Because I talk about sunsets and palm trees. But Corey works a lot. <laughs> and because I, I, I love it, and the, but also I'm a driven that way. And so uh, I've, I've had to really work on me to say, this is why I always ask this question, right? I like kind of exploring a little bit. Because for me, I had to change my why. Because it would drive me to be to always go, 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 go. And I forgot, to, I forgot to enjoy the journey. Understood. And right? that's, that's one thing that I've... Because I'm a part of a mastermind. It's through entrepreneur organization. But becoming more rounded. And I believe one thing that I have neglected is being more family-oriented. Because I was more on the go, go, go side on the business. And that's really helped shine some, some light on it. But I think I also have a mindset that where I am is I still feel, well, I still, I, I don't even, where I'm at now is I, I've uh, brainwashed myself that is just getting started. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I believe that's also what keeps me going. Yeah, no, I mean, there is no right answer here, right? It's just like, but this, it's always good to, to put the mindset, I, I like to, you know, for my audience, it's a journey, right? It, it really is. And it has different cycles, different ebbs and flows. And, um, but it's one of the greatest games you could ever play, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> you know, because it, it really can give you time and money and um, the ability to kind of say, yeah, no. Yeah. If I want to just go to Miami right now or go to Dubai, I just go. And people don't have that. I mean, and when, when I hear people say those things to me and they say, hey, I, I wish I was an entrepreneur to where I can do things at, at mileage. I'm like, uh, you may want to second think that. But I, we, we've put in the work to be able to have the freedom that we have. Yeah, it really is kind of unique. Right. And now when you look at your neighbors and your surrounding, like, you know, uh, this is. What is that like? What's the difference between how you think and how people that are around you think? I really, and this is something that I love the mindset that I've recently taken on is the value of time, meaning that I outsource my, my laundry, my grocery shopping, and then the cleaning of the, uh, the, the apartment that I'm in, but just valuing that that much more and then getting people underneath me to do the things that I'm not so interested in doing even in my business to push myself up that much higher. But I think the value of time is the biggest thing, meaning that if I'm at Kings Island, I will pay, let's say, 30 or $40 more for the fast pass, but other people will save on that and they'll be in line for two hours and I'll be in line for just 10 minutes. But it's worth, so things like that, I believe I've picked up. Yeah, no, I, I totally believe in buying for paying for time, right? Paying for speed. Even in my education, I've always felt like, um, you know, being in masterminds, being in one of these groups, just like you're in these groups. There's a reason why successful people go and be in these and pay to be in groups because, A, it helps you become a better um, business partner, biz, business leader, thought leader, you know, whatever it is. I think there's lots of other people that if you surround yourself with sharp people, mm-hmm. it rubs off. Yeah. And you unlock things. This is one thing I love too, is those limiting beliefs, like the time thing. It never really registered that uh, I heard Grant Cardone, I know love him or hate him, some people out there, but uh, is 
he talks about how rich people buy time. For the longest time, I, it didn't register, but just keep hearing things like that on a repetitive basis and being around others that are wanting to achieve it, as you mentioned, too, r- rubs off on Yeah. So when you first like started getting those pieces done, like in your home, home life, right? Like you said, you, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to do my laundry anymore. How did yeah. that feel? How did that feel? Uh, it's... I don't even know where to start with that. There's, I don't even book my own flights anymore because I, I, I outsource. Yeah, I would just say those things like that have just freed up my time to do things that I truly enjoy. So instead of doing laundry, I can spend more time with my little seven-year-old. Put it this way, right? Saturday, right? You know, you, you've been working, and all of a sudden, you, know, like you could sit there and do the laundry, clean your, clean your apartment, yada yada yada, or you just like I'm gonna go hang out with my daughter, and then someone's gonna do all this stuff. Exactly. Priceless, right? Yeah. I agree. I, man, you know, it's, it's funny what, you know, they say money can't buy happiness. And you're, they're probably right, but it can pretty damn come close. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that quote? I don't, I don't know who it was exactly, but they says, I've been a poor man and I've been, been a rich man. And I'll pick being a rich man any day over being a poor yeah. man. Something like that. <laughs> you know, but it, but it doesn't change your thinking of who you are. So, you know, what I've realized from you, too, like I'm listening to you, and there's still a humbleness about you. And, um, and that is real. And that comes from, hey, I, I take it, like, I don't think you ever want to forget where you came from. No, not at all. Right? It's helped shape you, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can tell. So if you could leave my investors with anything, what couple pieces of wisdom, what would you drop on them? I would say one thing is we've only got so much time on this earth. And one thing that I've learned from just the readings that I've seen is it's worth going for whenever I, I know that it may be risky on the other end. You may have to jump off the cliff and then have to assemble the plane on the way down. But it's completely worth it because at the end of the day, you're, let's say, 100 years old, you're on your deathbed. The worst thing that I've experienced from my readings is regret versus you'll regret more what you didn't do versus what you did do. So live with the intensity and ferocity and and just put yourself out there. Be vulnerable. Be exactly. To, be willing to fail, right? Yeah, and it's more just, and I could tell you another story about, well, I've got so many stories, but one one quick one to, to finalize things, Spark Notes. So I read the book, 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and he talks about picking a big goal that scares the absolute crap out of you. And so I picked the world's fastest fireman carry mile. Fast forward, I'm training a year and a half for it, day of the event newscasters, family, everyone comes out. I fail complete flop. 800 meter mark, I dropped the guy, which is halfway. But the biggest thing for me that I learned from that, this was another unlock that, hey, failing on the scale is not so bad. It was only just feedback. That's awesome. It was just feedback. Cool, brother. Listen, uh, first of all, guys, <laughs> hopefully this this has been a real episode. This is probably the most in-depth, no hype, just, just talking about the way life works. And, and we've also uncovered, you know, a couple really ninja nuggets in there, some really good takeaways. Uh, you know, he shared with us some of his sources. And I think, thank you for that, by the way. Very, you know, very giving. Uh, love that. If people want to get a hold of you, where do they find you at, brother? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, LinkedIn under Sterling White. You can find uh, also biggerpockets.com. Don't ever hesitate. If you have any questions, I can be of assistance to slide into the DM, which is direct message. Just letting you all know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. Dude, I've, I've really enjoyed this show, guys. Listen, uh, Sterling is a great example that if you, you know, the, the power of our minds is truly, it is the biggest tool that we have. And what's sad is that most people don't understand it, right? Because if you believe it, I truly believe you can achieve it and your paradise is possible. Take care.